You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Dot com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday as uh, it's halfway point of the week. So hopefully you got big plans this weekend. It's kind of nice and, you know, unfortunately won't be watching Razorback baseball. Don't remind me. I just remind myself. Now I'm apologizing for it. I'm sorry. Uh, but either way, uh, we're going to have Phil Elson, voice of the Razorback baseball team, joining us uh, here in a bit to recap, do a final recap, if you will, on the Razorback baseball season and what it all meant and even though we're going to be shifting into off-season football, and that's going to be uh, taking up a lot of people's time and effort and attention and all that, and rightfully so, I did want to do at least this final podcast uh, talking about the Razorback baseball team. And who knows if something changes or something comes up, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. But I, I wanted to use this opportunity to to bring up a few things that has been discussed or, or put on my show uh, throughout the past few days specifically about the baseball team and things that you know I just uh, I just can't get down with and one of the biggest things has been about Dave Van Horn and the criticisms of him and and what he did or did not do over this weekend or this season some people just don't feel as confident as maybe they once did when it came to what he was going to do as a coach this year but either way listen Dave Van Horn is going to be the coach of Arkansas for a very long time. In fact, until he doesn't want to be the coach anymore, that's how long he's going to be the coach. Dave Van Horn is the best man for the job, and it's not even close. But we've had people that have been saying that he's never going to win the big one. He's never going to win uh, the College World Series title. Might as well just forget about it. It's over. It's done with. Uh, you know, you want to go and just have hope and then keep going with it. But if you have one with win with somebody, then you got to move on to somebody else. And then this is not a major part of the Razorback fan base. So I don't want to come across as that, but there are people that feel this way. And just to reiterate my thoughts and opinions on it, Dave Van Horn and what he has done for Razorback baseball has been nothing short of incredible. And one of the big things about what he has done is that right now, at this very moment, even though he didn't make the College World Series this year, he is at the peak of his coaching tenure. He made the College World Series in 2018, 2019, who knows what would have happened in 2020, and had arguably the best baseball team in the country for the majority of the season. Now, obviously, he didn't go to College World Series in Omaha, but still, a team that was definitely worthy of being the number one team for the majority of the season with arguably the best player in all of college baseball, Kevin Copps. That's what he did this year. That's what he did the past few years. And there's no reason to believe that here in the next few seasons, he won't continue to be at the top of the top when it comes to college baseball and having one of the best baseball programs in the country. It's not going to happen. But one thing, though, that I can always reiterate this point to and tell people about when it comes to coaches and whether or not you want to move on or whether or not you want to try something different. I like to look at it in this perspective. Think about the SEC in baseball. It's the best of the best. Nobody comes close to what this conference does. Nobody. You got three teams in the College World Series. Look at the coaches that are in this conference. Look around. Now look at Dave Van Horn. You tell me 
which coach you are trading straight up for in this conference. Where if you could do just a clean switch, are you going for Patrick O'Sullivan of Florida over Dave Van Horn? What about Tony Vitello? Are you going for him straight up? I wouldn't think so. Any other coaches that you feel like straight up would be a better position or puts you in a better position to win it all? No. And that's the point. You have one of the best coaches in all of college baseball. Now, admittedly, what's missing from him in his resume is his trophy case with a College World Series title. Yeah, that's it. That's what's missing. But I'm not trading Dave Van Horn for anybody right now. What he has done at Arkansas and what he continues to do is showcase just why this is one of the most elite baseball programs in the country. He has built it into a monster that is producing pros right and left, big-time players that make it to the next level. Winning baseball, fun baseball, enjoyable baseball. That's not something that every coach can do at this point and at this level. It just doesn't happen that way. So when I'm watching at what he does and how he does it and in the form that he does it, you can't help but be impressed constantly by how he continues to grow and get better. It was disappointing for sure, but it's not over yet. Dave Van Horn is going to win himself a College World Series title at Arkansas. I believe that will be within the next five years, ten years. I don't know. I don't know when. But I'm I'm taking my taking my, I don't know even how to put this, but I support him. I'm taking my bet with him. I'm saying that he's going to be the guy that leads it, and he's going to be the guy that gets it done. Next year, Arkansas will be right back in the same position, competing for a College World Series title. Isn't that what the whole point is? Is to have a coach who is constantly putting you in that position? Imagine people wanting to get rid of Eric Musselman for making it to three out of four final fours, but not winning a title and wanting to get rid of them. Imagine Sam Pittman going to three out of four college football playoffs, and then you wanting to get rid of them. Imagine that. I don't want to, nor should you. We'll have Phil Elson, the voice of the Razorbacks, here in just a second. But first, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can catch all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs. And before next pitch, you can head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We're going to be joined by Phil Elson, the voice of the Razorbacks, here in just a second. First, got to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Rockauto.com, luckily, is a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers, you can also check out their catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And best of all, rockauto.com always has reliably low prices, and it's the same as for professionals 
as do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Right now, let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Phil Elson, the voice of the Razorbacks, to do a little recapping of the season for Razorback baseball. Phil, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? John, I'm bored. I was really hoping to be packing for uh, for what I was thought might be a two-week trip to Omaha, but uh, I'm actually getting in some uh, store browsing for the first time in over a year, so uh, this is what the off-season has started with, yeah. Well, that's actually what was going to be also one of my questions is how did, how did you cope? Because we had, we talked about it yesterday. Some Razorback fans were coping by drinking, some cope by just not talking to anybody, staying off social media. Phil, how did you cope with the uh, with the disappointing loss there on uh, Sunday night? I don't really know if I could do any of the above there because you know I host I host a radio show too, and I couldn't like just stay off of that. And um, I just I just dealt with it by by accepting it. You know, I think that's the best thing that you can do, and 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 acknowledging the disappointment that I feel, and acknowledging the pain that I feel for the players, uh, and how I wasn't ready to see some of these guys' college careers come to an end, um, and definitely wasn't ready for this season to come to an end. But I also, you know, learned to accept that, and you know, I've made a big change in how I covered baseball when I took over doing trap when I took over doing Razorback games from the Travelers in that at the end of the Travelers season like you're always ready for the season to be over that's 140 games it's five months um, you're ready you are you're ready a month before it's over to be quite honest uh, with Razorback baseball because they're always going to be competing I think to go to Omaha year in year out that's sort of the expectation you're always going to end the season with a pit in your stomach and disappointment unless unless the national championship is won. So uh, I think I'd, la- I'd rather be grateful for, for, for um, those expectations and for not wanting the season to be over when it is over. I'll trade that. Phil, how will you remember this season? What uh, are some memories that stick out for you? It really just rolls into, into – a 15-week winning streak. I just have never seen anything like that in in baseball at any level, to be honest. Uh, to not lose a series and, until the last one they play, you know, I mean, there, there there were a lot of moments. There were walk-off hits to clinch a series against Auburn. There was, you know, a big hit by Christian Franklin the first game of the year into the right field gap to take over the lead against Texas Tech. Uh, there was. There was Kevin Copps throwing three games three days in a row against Auburn and, and pitching uh, you know, six innings at Tennessee. And, I mean, there were, there were so many moments. Robert Moore pimping a home run and hit a couple of homers in the same game where people are chanting Oompa Loompa at him. I mean, it really does. It goes on and on. And I wouldn't be able to just boil it down to one. It's impossible. Yeah, there were a lot of great moments. And actually something we discussed and some people have – uh, either agreed or disagreed, was talking about Kevin Copps and him being the greatest Razorback baseball player of all time. Now, I know that that's a huge statement because there's a lot of great players, but as far as what you think about him and where he ranks maybe among some of the greats not only you've seen play but also ones in history, uh, how do you feel like Kevin Copps ranks among those? Well, I mean, it's a matter of degree, whichever way you're going to look at it. I mean, 
you know, Jeff King is the number one overall pick, and he's the only one that that's ever happened out of Razorback baseball. Um, Kevin Copps, I think, had the most unique and most valuable season that I've ever seen in the history of college baseball. And I don't even mean the Razorbacks. Like, I, I don't think there's ever been a pitcher in college baseball who has affected more games for his team in a supremely positive way than Kevin Copps did. Um, and I, I, I can't imagine anybody having an impact on a season like that from a pitching perspective. And when you play the, when you play a position and you do get three to four or five at bats a game, you know you're going to affect things on a more routine basis. Um, but I do think that the seven top season will go down in history. And I, don't, I hate using the word best. He really, I mean, he had an incredible amount of success, which stood out for me. That's just how unique his season was to fall two wins short and three saves short of of the school record in the same season, like really? That's nuts. Uh, and to have the lowest ERA in the nation while working in relief and qualifying for the ERA crown doing that and then pitching starters innings and to finish your season with two of the most, you know, and I hesitate to use the term this way because it's just sports, heroic performances, the one against Nebraska, seven innings, and then, you know, how he threw against uh, NC State on Sunday. That, that to me, was as almost as heroic as you can be on a baseball field. So I don't think we'll ever see anything like it. On the other side, Phil, how do you explain the struggles from the plate, not only against NC State as, as a whole when you look at that series as a whole, but even going back to the regional? So in, in the past, you know, couple of series where you had the regional, the super regional, they, there were some struggles from the plate for Arkansas. Yeah, and, and there were struggles from the plate throughout the season on an individual basis. Everybody had their highs and their lows, but there was always a couple, at least a couple, three, sometimes four or five of them on a weekend that would lead the way. And, you know, I've seen this with some teams before where, you know, you go through a regular season and you have a great team lineup. That's one of the things that made this lineup so good in the regular season is that it was a team-oriented lineup. There wasn't one dude that led the way or two or three. It was six or seven guys that uh, ground out there at bats that could hurt you on any count in any situation. Uh, and it's very rare to see, in a weird way, like all six of them go into a, into a slump and in some ways deep slump during this postseason. Um I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know if it was a matter of the pressure, or I don't think they tired at all. These are they trained to play this this long in the season. Uh, I think in some cases they got a they got a little big, a little out of the strike zone, and there wasn't as much uh, how to put it hitting as there was trying to yank, and sometimes that you know, an approach thing, and, and, and those things can turn into vicious cycles. And I think for some of the batters, that's it. So, Phil, just kind of looking at next year now, obviously we got to wait and see what a lot of these players do and uh, which ones stay, which one go, and JUCO and transfers and all that stuff. But just kind of looking at the next season from what we know, 
How's it looking for a Razorback? Because we know Dave Van Horn's always going to have a good team, but uh, how is next season going to look like? Well, I mean, this, this this program's in a position where, I mean, they they reloaded after 2018 for 2019 and went right to the College World Series. 2019, they reloaded for 2020. And we don't know what 2020 would have looked like, but they obviously reloaded in a pretty positive way for 2021. I know the recruiting class that they have coming in next year is, is top-notch, top-five capability. You know, we'll see how they're affected by the draft. That's always going to be a thing that you'll have to worry about. Positive thing, though, is fewer high school players go in the draft. But Arkansas competes for a lot of the players that do go in the draft. That's because of where they sit in stature in, in, uh, in baseball uh, across the country, not just here in the SEC. Uh, but across the country. So, I mean, they, you're going to lose a lot of really good players, a lot of really good pitchers who are, who are exhausting their eligibility or just going to or going to be going to the draft as they should. Um, but usually Dave Van Horn, Matt Hobbs, and, and, and Kate Thompson find ways to bring in the right players. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen next year. It would almost be impossible to think about replacing Kevin Cobb's production, but – if there's a player on this current roster that assumes his role as the reliever, who would that be? Or who are some candidates? Ever, who are some for it? It's not fair, to, and I hate to put it this way, Joe, it's not fair to ever ask somebody to do what Kevin Copps did this year. No one will ever do that. that take, take, take what he did in 2021 and stash it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a safety deposit box. That's never going to happen again. Um, I wouldn't know what to tell you as far as who's going to fill the role as the top reliever next year. There's a lot of really talented arms. Uh, I think hopefully Peyton Paulette is able to. What I'd like to see actually, here's, let's get off the idea of who's going to be the top reliever. I would like to see a little, a, a better base of starting pitching established for, them, for, for Arkansas next year because that's usually been a, a good strength for, for this program, and it, it really wasn't this last year. If Peyton Paulette is healthy, if his elbow, if his arm is okay and he's able to go through whatever rehab he needs to to be ready for the fall and if he can pitch in the spring, I mean, Peyton Paulette has the kind of arm and talent that can be a front-line Friday night pitcher. Same with Jackson Wiggins. I think those two pitchers are critical, critical for for the Razorbacks to uh, to get back to Super Regional and the, and the College World Series as well. We'll continue our discussion with Phil Elson, the voice of the Razorbacks, here in just a second. I'm going to tell you about Built Bar and how they have nine delicious flavors, plus the additional and occasional limited-time offer that you can choose from when it comes to great-tasting Built Bars. But they're also healthy, too. You know, most of the flavors only have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. That's exactly what you want. So order today and check out all the great options that they have at BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOT15 and get 15% off your next order using promo code LOT15 at BuiltBar.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, that was actually going to be my question as I was like looking at rotations and everything because I feel like as much as Razorback fans enjoyed this season too, and I'm sure you were the same way, it was just almost uneasy because you've got so used to knowing, all right, Friday's this guy, Saturday's this guy, Sunday's probably going to be this guy, and, and we can move on from it. But this year, besides Wicklander, really, 
it was always just kind of this moving part. So uh, I, I think that that was a big part of why it made everyone so uneasy at times with this Razorback pitching staff because they just kind of had to wait and see what Dave Van Horn was going to do come press conference time. Well, there, there were times that it felt like a bit of a high wire act, but they always ended up getting across the high wire to the other skyscraper, always. Um, which make, which makes you believe that uh, you know maybe this maybe they're invincible maybe maybe if they fall off of the high wire there's a net there to catch them <laughs> you know but for for a team that for a team that was number one for as long as they were in one fifteen straight weeks um you know there there were they probably trailed more innings than any other number one team had for a long time you know but they they had some magic in them for uh, for for all of this season they really did and. It, and all of us, all we all believe, I think they did too. You know that in Sunday, that last time through the batting order, that, that some of that magic would 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 poke through, and you'd see it again. And you know, it's just it, it wasn't there on Sunday. And I'm not I'm not putting it on you know magic or the baseball gods or anything. It's just because NC State found ways to get Arkansas batters out. You know, that's the first time you've seen it that year. So. Uh, it, it's part, partially what makes it a unique season, too, is that it was a team that was called dominant, that uh, statistically really wasn't. They just won a lot of baseball games. And, Phil, you mentioned that there's this team is always going to reload from a talent standpoint. Who are some of those incoming players that we can look out for, assuming that they don't get drafted or go, you know, go on to Major League Baseball and play in the minors? But who are some of those guys that are coming in? I don't have the name right in front of me here, Joe. I, I really, I know there's Brayton. I know there's Braylon Bishop who's in Texarkana. I know that they've got their eyes on some junior college guys and stuff like that. I honestly do not have the names right in front of me, so I'm not even going to guess. All right, so Phil, now that it's summertime for you, what, what does Phil Elson do in the summertime when the season comes to an end? Because I know that. During the school year, you know, not only do you do women's basketball too for the Razorbacks and everything, but what's the summertime of Phil going to look like this year? This year? Well, I'm going to have my kids with me uh, for most of the summer. I, I, my son will be with me for the whole summer once they uh, get back here in in about a week, and I'm excited about that. I mean, more than anything, that that's that's what my summer is going to be about. Um, you know, most people don't know, but I haven't <laughs> haven't live around my kids for like six months you know so they're on their way back uh to arkansas and i'm going to turn this into into the summer of me and my kids so uh and keep doing a talk show and and find some adventures with them so that's what it's going to be that's a great thing to do hang out with the family any trips to pittsburgh on the horizon uh i don't know Probably not. Not this summer. I spent so much time back in Pittsburgh during the uh, shutdowns last summer and 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 in the uh, and in the late spring that uh, I don't feel like going back right now. So I'm gonna probably just try to explore a little more around the Midwest here with uh, with Gaby and around Arkansas too. So uh, Pittsburgh will always be there in my heart, though. That's no doubt. It's just uh, probably not in the near future plans. Yeah, I was going to ask you about how how you feel about your Pirates this year, but uh, I know that, uh, that. No, go ahead, man. It's fun. I love it. The, <laughs> the Pirates are the Pirates suck. I love it. It's the best <laughs> thing of all time. Well, I, I root s- against them as a fi- I root against the Pirates as a Pirates fan, and sort of like 
very morbid and, and crude and, and, and masochistic way. I, just, I hope they lose every game they play. They really do everything they can to make sure that that happens, too. Uh, they have the top pick in the draft this year. I want them to get it again next year. Um, they have the best ballpark in Major League Baseball, so they're never going to lose the team, you know. But, but uh, yeah, I on my show, and I don't know if any of your listeners listen to it, but on my show I do a daily segment once the Razorback baseball season is done, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's called How Bad Are the Pirates Today? And it's just instant <laughs> material. So I love that the Pirates think. Well, at least your team's not the worst team in baseball, at least with the worst record, because the Diamondbacks actually have a worse record. But uh, the Pirates are, are sticking right there. But I can kind of empathize or sympathize, Phil, because, you know, as, as a Jets fan, that's how I felt this past season, where I'm like, I just want them to lose every game and, and almost uh, not even really watch it or pay attention, but just have them lose and try to get as high draft pick as you can get. So uh, I can kind of feel your pain on that front. Well, the Jets don't have any excuse. They're in New York freaking city, and, you know, they should be able to pony up the right money for the right players and the right coaches, but, of course, they haven't been able to do that for a long time. The Pirates already have their built-in excuse that we play in Pittsburgh. We're not supposed to win. We're just supposed to <laughs> make money hand over fist and suck every year. Well, Phil, since there was uh, a mention of NFL with the Jets, then how are you feeling about the Steelers coming up? Um, do we have an offensive line of any kind right now? I mean, I'm go. I was good with Najee Harris. Don't get me wrong. I think that's a nice pick. And uh, if, as long as Ben Roethlisberger can stay upright, then maybe they'll be okay. But uh, I don't. I don't have any faith in the offensive line for next season. So right now, um, I think they're about to take a step backwards. Bill, I, I feel just a bit different from that. Um... As far as the offensive line, they last year was such a unique year in the fact that they could run block or they could pass block, but they couldn't run block. They couldn't get any push in the running game. So Najee is going to help out with that. I think, you know, there's going to be some changes as far as personnel, but the offensive line as a whole, and they even have an, a new offensive line coach, I think you may be a bit surprised with that. Well, I'll be surprised if they're uh, – well, at least there's an extra team in the playoffs now. But I'll be surprised if they finish ahead of Cleveland and Baltimore next year. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't don't tell Joe that. Cause see, I, I, I root for Baker Mayfield. Uh, even though I'm a Jets fan, I do root for Baker, Phil. And uh, we like to make Browns jokes here on this show, too. So, I don't know if uh... – You realize how painful it is for a real born-in-the-born-in-the-city Steelers fan to admit that he thinks the Ravens and the Browns are going to be better than the Steelers? <laughs> Like I'm not just messing that is around painful. with this. That doesn't feel. That doesn't feel good to say. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I feel I can't do it though. I, the Browns, they shock some people, surprise people, but I'm still just not there. I think that may have been a one-time deal. I don't just don't see them being good for years to come. Now. I don't either. I don't either. But nobody, you know, thought the Patriots would turn into what they turned into, and they were sort of brown dish before that. I'm not saying Cleveland's on that on that path, but um, you know, as of right as of right now, I do I do look at the Steelers as a little bit of a fading franchise there in that in that division. It's not like things can't change quickly in the NFL because they can, but uh, you know, right here, right here in the middle of June, I don't have that uh, that uh, returning to camp in best shape optimism sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Well, Phil, man, we appreciate you hopping on with us. I, I hate that, uh, just like you, that you're not planning a trip to Omaha. But, hey, that's the way sports goes. But, hey, there's always next year, right? And uh, let's hope that they can make another return trip back to the College World Series in 2022. Well, the, the program's in a position, uh, guys, that uh, that every year they can be in this conversation. You you, sh- you can never take the trip to Omaha for granted, but they're going to make you think that maybe you can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they're, they're just going to be good for a long time. I'm not telling you they're going to be number one all next season or they're national champions next season, but I think you're, this is routinely going to be a good baseball team. Well, let's hope so. Phil, we appreciate it, man. Have a great week. All right. You guys have a good day. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. Also, get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.